Good morning. Welcome back to Coffee Books. We are reading through The Curious Barista's Guide to Coffee by Tristan Stevenson. Let's go ahead and continue. How an Espresso Machine Works Since the middle of the 20th century, boilers, digital thermostats, pressure management, and aesthetics have advanced significantly, but in many ways the espresso machine is quite unchanged from the 1960s and as such can be a little inconsistent. One thing that is consistent among all espresso machines though is the need to pressurize water for coffee brewing. The most basic way of achieving this is still with a lever-driven piston that forces water through a bed of coffee. Some levers use a spring mechanism, see page 100, while others require arm power to generate pressure to drive water down through finely ground coffee. It goes without saying that while a manual lever might offer infinite pressure profiling possibilities and a certain romance, they tend to have a somewhat mercurial temperature about them. The most basic lever machines operate via a single boiler, which feeds the group head a dose of water through either steam pressure or by gravity. Steam pressure lever machines need a higher boiler temperature than espresso would prefer to generate the force needed to route water up to the group head. As such, temperature regulation is nigh on impossible, and on most machines of this kind, the brewing temperature increases with the more shots you pull. Gravity-fed lever systems see the boiler located above where the coffee extracts from, allowing water to flow down into the group head. No steam pressure is required, so the boiler can be set to a lower temperature, these machines produce a far more consistent temperature for brewing with, but they're no good for heating milk. The lower boiler pressure is insufficiently equipped to deal with the temperature and pressure requirements of a steam wand. The Single Boiler Electric Pump The most simple electrically pumped machines can make espresso and steam milk, but not as well as you might like. It does it by using two thermostats, temperature controllers, one for the steam, and one for the brew water. A push button is used to control which thermostat takes priority, engaging the heating element when steam is required and switching it, to, or switching it off to cool down the water when you want to make espresso. It'll work okay if you're making only one or two drinks, but beyond that it becomes very frustrating waiting for the boiler to adjust itself. If only milk and espresso didn't taste so delicious together, then the espresso machine would be a much simpler piece of equipment. The problem is that they have unique requirements. Espresso needs 90 to 95 degrees Celsius, or 194 degrees to 203 degrees Fahrenheit, water delivered at a pressure of 9 bar, or 130 pounds per square inch psi. Milk, on the other hand, needs a jet of steam delivered at a minimum of 100 degrees Celsius, or 212 degrees Fahrenheit, and at a pressure of between 0.8 to 1.2 bar, or 12 to 17 psi. There's little room for negotiation from either side. Furthermore, these conditions might need to be met with consistent precision, perhaps across multiple group heads, over the course of a few hours, preferably without breaking down. Heat exchangers versus double boilers. 
Heat exchangers provide one solution, consisting of a steam boiler operating at a high temperature with a layer of steam floating on top that can be directed to the steam wand for milk foaming. Water for brewing is fed through a thin copper pipe connected to a cold water feed that passes through the interior of the steam boiler, heating it as it travels through. The exact length and diameter of the pipe are carefully calculated so that the water reaches the correct temperature when it arrives at the group head. In addition to this, the temperature of the group head is stabilized by way of a thermosiphon that continuously runs water from the boiler to the group head, then back to the boiler. In this way, the large brass and steel mass of the group head maintains temperature consistent with that of the boiler. One thing a good barista must be mindful of on a heat exchange machine is the tendency of the group head to overheat slightly if left to sit for too long. This can be overcome by a quick flush of slightly cooler brew water through the group head, which will cool it down the components to the correct temperature for brewing. Exactly how much water needs flushing through hinges on multiple factors, not least of all the model of the machine itself and how long it has been idling for, but 100 to 150 grams or three and a half to five and a quarter ounces, about right. The heat exchanger design is epitomized by the E61 group head See page 100. Now in its sixth decade, it is time-tested and with a little practice, highly effective in its operation. The E61 has a small lever that is used to commence and end extraction, as well as control pre-infusion. A double boiler overcomes the conflicting dual-purpose nature of the espresso machine in perhaps the most obvious way. One boiler for brewing coffee and another for steaming milk. The first commercially, commercially machine of this kind was the La Marzocco GS. The, the GS was released in the 1970s, but it's fair to say that double boiler machines didn't really catch on for another 20 years. Most modern commercial espresso machines are now double boiler models, though boasting superior levels of temperature control and improved consistency over heat exchanger models. Fine tuning. The obvious next step on from this is a machine that has an individual boiler tank for each group head, allowing for further refinement and tweaking options. Temperature control on modern machines is done using a PID, Proportional Integral Derivative Controller. PID is a generic term for an electronic controller that maintains a set value using control feedback loops. Many common devices use PIDs. Cruise control in a car might use one to maintain a certain speed based on calculating incremental changes of the angle of the road over time. In espresso machines, the PID maintains constant water temperature, controllable to the degree or even one-tenth degree in some cases. Almost all commercial machines have the option of volumetric water control nowadays, allowing buttons to be programmed to dispense a specific volume of water every time they are pushed, but expect to see these replaced with weight-sensitive models before too long. Most of the flagship espresso machines now come equipped with pre-infusion timers, but in an ironic turn of events, it's the new wave of paddle control machines that are getting professional baristas most excited. These fully electric machines essentially aim to mimic the pressure profiling options that the modest lever machine offers. Thank you for listening. We'll leave off here today in the middle of page 103.
See you again next morning, Coffee Book Lovers. Thank you.